Whole Hog Sports presents the basketball podcast of Mid-America, the premier Arkansas hoops podcast brought to you by Landers Toyota of Northwest Arkansas. Here's your host, Whole Hog Sports basketball analyst, Scotty Bordelon. Welcome in, everybody, to the basketball podcast of Mid-America. It is December 16th and the end of finals week at Arkansas, at least I think it is. Thankfully, those days are all long behind us. Uh, really excited to be joined once again on the podcast by Andrew Joseph of Whole Hog Sports and Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. This week has been you know, relatively quiet on the Arkansas basketball front, which isn't completely a bad thing, in my opinion, um, given how the last, you know, several weeks to a month have gone um, no midweek games for Arkansas this week they went to Tulsa last weekend to play Oklahoma and won pretty impressively 88-78 and you know got a little bit of revenge or a lot if you ask Kamani Johnson I think he he just tweeted you know a screenshot of three different definitions of the word revenge so I think that that game meant a lot to him and you know Ricky Council even said it was kind of a get back game even though he wasn't even on the roster at this time last year um, Arkansas is nine and one. They've won five straight games going into this weekend's game in North Little Rock. Arkansas gets Bradley at 3 p.m. in Simmons Bank Arena, and I think it's a, a big game for a couple reasons. Number one, Arkansas hasn't played well in North Little Rock in, in a, quite a while. I think Bob, they've got like a 12 and 10 record in that building. Is that right? Yeah, that, that, that that's correct. Whatever, whether it's been called Alto Verizon or now uh, Simmons Bank Arena, it's it's been a struggle for them win games there they're they're barely over 500 that's what i was going to say they changed the name of that building it seems like more times than my wife changes outfits before we go out for a date night or something it's just it's changed so many times over the years um and and the other thing other reason i think it's a big game is it's arkansas's next to last non-conference game before sec play begins so it's the season's about to start getting pretty real for this group um I think a good place to get going today is just the kind of recapping the win over Oklahoma. Again, it was a 10-point win for Arkansas. Um, final score, I don't think, was, you know, really indicative of the way that Arkansas controlled things for maybe late in the first half um, through the final buzzer. It's just start there. Just what, what jumped out to y'all about Arkansas's play in that game? And, you know, do you think it can carry some some momentum into this weekend? Well, I know what, what jumped out to Porter Mosier was Arkansas's, you know, pressure defense. OU shot, I think, about 57%. Um, Arkansas was even better at 59, but but OU had 15 turnovers, which doesn't sound like a crazy amount when you consider Fordham, I think, had 30. But I think that was OU's most since their opener when they got upset by Sam Houston State. They're a pretty good ball handling team. We know that Grant Sherfield, the point guard transfer from from Nevada had, I think he went into that game with 40 assists and 19 turnovers in nine games. So that's, you know, about two turnovers a game. And I think he had four and um, only three assists. So he'd had like a two to one assist to turnover ratio. And they basically had more turnovers and assists. And, and I think I ended up eight different Sooners had at least one turnover. So, and at least eight different Razorbacks had a steal. So I guess those two things correlate, but Arkansas, especially at the end of the first half, Devo Davis got a nice steal that led to two free throws. That I think gave him a three-point halftime lead after they trailed by nine. Then they opened the second half with a bunch of steals and uh, culminated by uh, Jordan Walsh uh, stealing an inbounds pass and going, going down for a dunk on a, on a oh, he was trying to inbound from the sideline. So um, that, that guess what stood out to me was the, the ability to turn uh, OU over and turn, turn that end up to offense. 
No. Yeah, I think it's it's been a, a little while since Arkansas has had such a clear advantage against high major opponents in talent and athleticism. Like this team's just off the charts athletically. And I think you're kind of waiting for some of the pieces to, to find their role. And we talked a lot about who was going to step up in the absence of Trevor Brazil. And I thought Jordan Walsh kind of stepped into his own in that OU game. He was a team high plus 11. He hit a couple threes, which is what they really need him to be able to do. Uh, and most importantly, he didn't commit a single foul, which had been kind of his uh his fault of the early season yeah i think during the summer or maybe it was back in april when eric was at the final four he was talking i think the field of 68 guys about jordan and said he's a really really aggressive defender sometimes over aggressive and i think he's fouled out at least one game this year just because he that aggressiveness he can you know it can be a detriment to him at times but i thought to your point you know he knocked down a couple of threes you know, he hit one early, and I thought that was really, really big for his confidence. What I liked more than maybe even the made threes was just the attempts. Like, he took five, and I'm sitting next to Bob and Curtis Wilkerson of Hog Sports. I'm just like, I like the number of attempts, but he easily could have taken twice as many. But it was kind of hard to maybe get on him a little bit because, I mean, he, he his shot selection, I think, is pretty good. He he understands what's a good shot and what isn't. Um, maybe what kind of shot Eric wants and the one that he doesn't. And, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with it because Arkansas, according to Ken Palm, had its second best offensive efficiency rating of the entire season. And I think Arkansas, you know, we'll get into talk a little bit talking about Nick later, but in two of his four games that he's played in, Arkansas has had... <laughs> you know, two of its best offensive efficiency ratings of the season. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think Nick's making that big of an impact. Um, Jordan was for sure a guy that, that Arkansas needed to to step up and hit 12 points, one block, two steals, three rebounds, two on the offensive end. Um, maybe also encouraging was, you know, his lift on the offensive glass. Like what Bob, you wrote that I could be mistaken. I think both of his offensive rebounds led to buckets. I mean, that's, that's kind of stealing away a possession and, and kind of getting some of those scrappy points where, you know, on the perimeter, it's a little bit finesse, but, you know, around the rim, he can, he can be pretty tough to handle too. Yeah. One of his offensive boards, he actually missed the shot, but um, Anthony Black got it and put it back. So I guess that if you want to get technical, that would be a yeah, third it all counts. basket. But the thing is, Jordan kept, kept, he kept the possession alive. I can't remember who missed the initial shot. Somebody missed Jordan went in or got the board. You know, there's a lot of traffic in there, you know, probably some contact. He missed, but then Anthony Black cleaned it up. But, you know, Anthony Black can't clean it up if Jordan doesn't keep it alive. So, um, yeah, he just did a lot of good things. And, um, uh, yeah, like you say, he could have taken some more threes. Uh, there were a couple times he hesitated a little bit, but they probably better to err on the side of caution. And when you've got, you know, Nick Smith out there that can shoot and Ricky and Anthony Black and, you know, Makai Mitchell is really – um assert himself inside i think and i thought yeah they, they they showed some good patience obviously you know they had a lot of open court buckets with those those turnovers too but yeah i mean you know jordan walsh has got a lot of upside he's been a little over if, if you look at the three mcdonald's all americans you know now that nick's back he's kind of taken over offensively and anthony just does everything but you feel like jordan's got such a high ceiling as well you know, Makai is a guy that I find myself after games, especially maybe the last couple of weeks, 
I'm just like asking Eric about him every time. It seems like I just think his development and his growth has just been it's been such a big deal. Like last week against UNC Greensboro and Oklahoma, he averages a double double. Which I think he went for what 13 and 14 against Greensboro, and then 10, six, four assists, and two more blocks. And I think in a steal against Oklahoma, so averaged a double double, three blocks a game. Like that's just that right there is going to keep keep him, you know, firmly in that rotation. And I think he's kind of, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think he might be becoming their guy. Like, I don't want to say anchor at this point, but the way he's playing lately been, been really, really impressive. And I think it's just so important for him to be an interior presence with, with Trevin Brazil out. Cause you think about when Trevin was on the floor, he spaced the floor out a lot from the three point line. You're getting a little bit of that production filled in from Jordan and maybe Ricky and, and Nick and Makai is giving you some interior presence. Um, what's stood out to y'all about Makai? I think for me, it's just maybe the edge that he's playing with. Like he got like Tanner Groves tried to, tried to punk him a couple of times around the rim where Eric said, you know, he Oklahoma made a, an effort to go, you know, right around the restricted area, get Tanner Groves touches. And he was trying to back Makai down, trying to get shots up, trying to frustrate Makai, and the exact opposite happened. Yeah, there's a lot to like about Makai's game. You think about how he was almost invisible over in Europe. You know, there was one game, I don't remember who it was against. He didn't even play. I think he averaged 1.5 points, 1.5 rebounds. He wasn't playing much. But I think that goes to show you, he probably got here in June, and then here it is August, and he's had a few workouts, a few practices, and he's really caught fire since then. I mean, he just – I'm not saying he's Jalen Williams, but you see him get the ball out, like, at the top of the key, and he just looks very comfortable with the ball in his hands and kind of surveying things and – I'm not saying he's maybe quite the passer Jalen is, and I can't even remember if he's taking a charge yet, but he had two really the, the old school to me, the old give and go. Um, Nick Smith would would pass to him and then cut the basket. Makai hit him with just a couple beautiful uh, passes. I think he had four assists uh, in the game, and uh, I'm not sure he had a turnover, but he, i just really impressed with how he handles the ball for a big man. He just looks very comfortable out there with the ball in his hands. He doesn't rush things. Um feel like he's got good hands and good uh, instincts, I guess, to find guys. And so I think that's kind of maybe an underrated part of his game. We know he rebounds, he scores, plays pretty good defense. But I, I really love how he passes the ball. I, I think it's just you're kind of seeing an increased aggressiveness from him. Uh, and I think it was after probably like his first big game that he was at the uh, the podium for the postgame press conference. And then he was asked kind of what, what inspired that uh, game from him. And he said that Musselman said they need more from the big men and they need more from, from the guys in the interior. And I think he's starting to understand that this team is going to need him to do more and be more active underneath the rim. And so I think kind of as he goes, this team will go because he is turning into that guy for them. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think I tweeted exactly that. I think you had a great response. You called him McKim Mitchell. Which is was great. He is he's definitely turning yeah, into. I felt good about that one. Yeah, that was solid. That was. I wish I during football season I tweeted Raheem Sanders. That was my inspiration. Maybe, so I'll, maybe I'll give sooner. You the <laughs> maybe sooner than I did, but yeah, he's he's been great. And it's interesting because you know, I was going back and I rewatched the Louisville Arkansas game from the Maui Invitational, just doing potential assists and shots defended. 
by each Arkansas player. And Jay Billis was on the broadcast for that game, and he was talking about Mikel Mitchell, saying that he was kind of a maybe more of an old school Big East. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Old school Big East is the right way to describe Mikel. Um, but I think Jay said kind of reminded him of an old school Big Ten type of big. Um, but I think we're seeing that from Makai because Mikel's not really not really been a factor lately, maybe really since Maui, but Makai has been really good. And Bob, I think you several times you've said he kind of reminds you of a, of a forward from a different era. Yeah. Well, his look and the way he plays, he looks like he should be playing for the Virginia Squires, maybe for Bill Musselman, Eric's dad. And I don't know if listeners uh, can relate to that, but that, that was, an old, that was an old ABA yeah, lost me. association. Maybe you heard of a guy named Julius Irving. He he played yeah, that for name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah he he, uh, he played at UMass, which you may or may not know. And then I believe he was one of the first guys to leave early, and then he went to play um, for the Virginia Squires, who I'm not sure who they turned into. Maybe the New Jersey Nets or something. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, but yeah, just kind of the way he looks, he kind of looks like like uh, Artis Gilmore uh, as an old school center. He was a big guy, like seven something feet, but um, yeah, I feel like like you could put Mikel in, into like a nineteen seventies uh, or Mackay. Well, probably Mikel too into a nineteen seventies ABA game, the Virginia Squires against the Pittsburgh Pipers, maybe, and and he'd he'd fit right in. But yeah, the ABA had had they they went into a lot of markets where the NBA didn't have teams, and so that's why you end up with the Virginia Squires and Pittsburgh Pipers and the Miami. I can't remember what they were called, and you know, and then teams that exist today, like San Antonio and Utah, and and uh, they went into Oakland. They had the Oakland Oaks to go get right against the uh, San Francisco Warriors head to head. So, and um, yeah, Eric's dad coached the San Diego Sales out there in the ABA. So I feel like um, you're that, making up teams at this point. <laughs> no, man. Oh, we can't fact ahead. check them. So he's just going. <laughs> no, you guys go ahead and Google them. I, I guarantee those those are all accurate, man. That's great. Well, R- Ricky Council finished the game with, with 26 points, too, and had a couple late dunks that I feel like kind of snatched Oklahoma's soul from him. And Nick Smith, again, was you know pretty good. Um, felt like he, he scored an easy 21 points. And then you look at some of the other guys that contributed. Devo had another one of those sequences where he just like turned into an absolute demon. And ripped the ball from, I think, Bajan Cortez, like late in the first half. Like, this is a big moment in the game because Arkansas fought its way back. Um, Oklahoma was shooting the cover off the ball. Were they like 13 of their first 17 from the floor? Didn't think that, I mean, it, it, early on when they got out to that nine point lead, you're like, you're, I'm kind of thinking, man, here we go again. Like, I just don't know what it is about the matchup. Uh, maybe Porter Moser's got Arkansas's defensive schemes you know, kind of figured out and some personnel matchups that he likes, but Oklahoma was just hitting shots. Basketball's game of runs though. And Arkansas had theirs. Ricky council kind of sparked it. Um, and then Devo comes up with that steal late in the first half, you know, dives on the floor, gets possession, hits two free throws. Arkansas is up at halftime by three. And from that point on, it's just like, it's Arkansas's game. And early in that second half, I think Makai has one of those post-up moves where he just like, he absolutely put some sauce on, on whatever up and under move he had. And then AB steals the inbound pass. Nick throws it down. It feels like ball game. Like it felt like that was the biggest gut punch for Oklahoma. Um, 
What what like impressed y'all most about the way that Arkansas came back in that game, given I guess the way that, that Oklahoma started shooting the ball? I mean, the offense was super impressive, like I mentioned, but what do you what do y'all think keyed it? Well, I, I think it was good. Arkansas didn't panic. I mean, they're down, I think it was twenty six to seventeen or a couple times down by nine. And um Arkansas just kind of kept playing and didn't start jacking up shots and and but I really think the key is we kind of talked about earlier. I think it was it was getting stops. But I remember Ricky Council said in the, the post game presser, you know he's he's boxing his guy out to get a rebound. The ball just keeps going through the net, but he's thinking, hey, we're going to start getting some stops. We're going to get you know get control of this game. That that's basically what happened. But I give Arkansas credit for not you know freaking out and getting out you know getting away from their game plan. Um, Eric said they did some different things, maybe with with how they guarded pick and roll and and things of that nature. But really by then, um, you know, Arkansas was starting to get control of the game. Cause I mean, even I know that if you're down nine, you're up by three, that means they outscored them by 12, the latter part of the first half. And, that, and like I said, that was a big play by Devo. Cause it's they're up. Arkansas is up 41, 40, but OU's got possession and they have a chance to score and take the halftime lead, which would have given them a little bit of momentum. I think Arkansas still would have won, but instead Devo knocks the ball away. Not only that, then he gets fouled, and, he, and then he gets the line, then he hits two free throws, so it's 43-40 instead of possibly 42-41 uh, OU or 43-41 OU. So that, that was a really big play at the half. I think it, I think he knocked away with about 12, 13 seconds left, and he knocked it away, and then he dove, and I mean, he just stayed relentless getting after the ball, and that really sort of, to me, summed up their, their defensive intensity. Yeah, I think you you brought up Ricky Council and he had a, a team high twenty six points and I think he's kind of came out of nowhere to be such a, a potent scorer for this offense because yeah. like he's just I, I guess early on in the season when he when he was playing without Nick Smith and he was the number one scorer I thought uh, he might be shooting a little in over his head and those numbers would come back down and even out as the season goes along but it looks like he's going to continue to score at, at a pretty high clip and I mean his his jump shot isn't the prettiest, which is kind of gives me a pause when he takes like one of that step back three that he took. For uh, sure. It's definitely like a questionable looking shot, but it, they keep going in. So you're like, <laughs> well, I guess you have to let him keep shooting it. And then and him going to, to the rim, he's just almost unstoppable because he's just such a force uh, when he gets going downhill. And so I think uh, he really is a bigger offensive piece than I expected. I don't know what Eric Musselman expected, but he's got to be pleasantly surprised with what he's getting from Ricky Council at that end. I think you're exactly right. Like, I think force is a good word for him, like whether it's on the perimeter or in the mid-range too. Like early in the year, we're seeing him take those shots. And like, to your point, it's not the prettiest looking jumper, but he's ripping net like 40% of the time from three. It's about 33, 35%, I think, or somewhere in that in that ballpark, but he's, I think he's finishing like 80% at the rim. And I know a lot of his, a lot of his rim scores are, you know, he's way above the rim. He's putting it on somebody's head, but I think his athleticism has just been, it's just been otherworldly. Like Arkansas, Arkansas's official men's basketball Twitter account the other day kind of joked, but they're probably halfway serious too that he unofficially leads the country in reverse dunks. Like if he, if he gets a chance to put it on somebody reverse, like he's going to like the assist from Nick to Ricky, I think after Oklahoma went up nine last week where Ricky cut baseline, Nick found him and he like, he just unnecessarily went reverse, but casually just just another stroll in the park. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's been, Ricky's been, I was talking to somebody yesterday on a podcast and was like, or the day before, and was like, Ricky's been kind of the story of the season to me outside of, you know, Nick coming back and, and Trevin going down. He's been, he's been unreal. Cause I remember talking to him, I think it was before he committed to Arkansas and he was wrapping up his visit here. And I went downtown and talked to him and he said that his goal, wherever you know, to whatever school he was going to, he wanted to be the defensive player of the year in that conference. And so I'm thinking he's going to be like defense first stopper type guy. And he's just, he's like, I think he's got loads of defensive potential, but his offensive, you know, explosions, like he's scored 20 plus four different times. And I think there's only one game where he hasn't scored at least 15. And I think we found out, or Bob told me this, when we were in the workroom in Tulsa last Saturday that he told Razorback Sports Network um, that he was under the weather for that, that Greensboro game. And that kind of contributed to the eight point night that he had, but he's been, he's been really phenomenal. The basketball podcast of mid America is sponsored by Landers Toyota of Northwest Arkansas. Visit their showroom at 411 South Metro Parkway in Rogers or online at Landers Toyota NWA.com. For all your automotive needs, shop Landers Toyota NWA in Rogers, where we guarantee you the best buying experience and best service after the sale in Arkansas. Landers Toyota NWA in Rogers. Wholehogsports.com has the largest, most experienced staff of reporters covering sports in Arkansas. Football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. You'll find it at wholehogsports.com. The website includes up-to-minute news, daily commentaries, and award-winning photography from the staffs of Hogs Illustrated and the Democrat Gazette. For subscriptions, call 1-800-757-6277. That's 1-800-757-6277. Or visit us online today. Wholehogsports.com. Want more coverage of your home team? Download the Whole Hog Sports Video On Demand app. Check out the Fan Zone and get up-to-the-minute videos, podcasts, and features on football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. Search for Whole Hog Sports on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire at home. And take it with you on the go by downloading it for your mobile device in your app store. The Whole Hog Sports Video On Demand app. Get it today. want to go back to Devo's defense for a second he's been you know since his freshman year I don't feel like he's maybe been the same scoring threat that he was for stretches his freshman year but I think he's he's kind of getting back to his roots in a way by being a really really tenacious defender and that sequence that he had that we just talked about late in the first half against Oklahoma pokes pokes the ball away that was like the second one of those stretches defensively or sequences where he is just like, I'm not going to let you put the ball on the floor without me. You know, I think Eric told me the other day that he said he attacks dribbles. I'd never heard a coach describe a defender like that, but I think that's instead of just like getting up into somebody's body, which he does, he's also, you know, the only time that a, a ball handler doesn't, you know, doesn't have firm control of the balls when he's dribbling, right? And if you're just gonna, you're not gonna turn your back to him and, you know, create some some bodily separation, like Devo is going to really, really get into you and he's strong. I think that's kind of an underrated part of his, his defensive game is he's really strong. Like you look at his upper body, 
he's he's put together defensively he's got quick enough feet hands are really quick um how important is it for i guess arkansas to you know maybe have that that defensive stopper because that's kind of been you know something that that's helped arkansas push as deep as they have in the ncaa tournament because when you know arkansas played new mexico state last year there was no question who Teddy Allen was going to see? It was Audis Tony. Is you think Devo is that guy, or or do you do you see maybe maybe another guy being being that guy? Um, you know, as the season goes on, I, I definitely think D- Devo can play that role. And you know, that's just, they're a good defensive team. You know, overall, I, I really you know we talked about Jordan Walsh. I really like his defense the way he stays in front of guys. And we talked about the length and obviously Trem Brazil for all the stuff he did. You know, scoring and rebounding. You know, he's a really could be a really elite defensive player too. Just not just rim protecting, but with that length, um, you know, deflecting balls or just making guys make tough passes that can get picked off or deflected. But yeah, um, you know, th- th- there's a lot of offense on that core with Nick Smith and if Jordan gets going, Anthony Black. We all, Ricky's leading the freaking SEC in scoring. Yeah, last time I looked, I think he's averaging 19 too. And then Nick, as a starter is averaging 19-7, so they got plenty of scoring. Now, I'm not saying Devo can't score, but he hadn't shot the ball very well. Honestly, he probably doesn't need to keep taking the threes because last time I looked, he was about three for 18 or something. Not, not, not good. not saying he should never take it, but shouldn't be a big part of his game in my mind. Um, but, you know, setting the tone defensively as an older guy, most experienced guy in Eric's system at Arkansas now, I think he, he, he can be, a, you know, I think he is a leader for those younger guys, newer guys. And he can kind of set the tone, and they, they they can feed off what he's doing. And if they're at home, the crowd gets into it, and then everybody starts feeding off it. It kind of just becomes, you know, contagious. I think. Yeah, I think that Eric Musselman's biggest challenge this year is getting Devo to accept that role of a defense first guy. I mean, I think he wants to be a scorer. I think everyone wants to be a scorer, but I think when you have a guy that's that good on the defensive end and you have a team that is filled with so many guys that can score the basketball, like if he realizes that this team doesn't need him to be a true scorer and like in the OU game, I think he he took four shots. I think four to five shots is is a good amount that he should be taking in a game. Uh, And I mean, obviously take them if you're open, but uh, I think, his efforts should should mostly be focused on the defensive end. And I think that's what makes him a special player is his defensive capability. I was going to say, plus the way he boards, um, he had 10 yeah. rebounds. Um, was it against uh, uh, Greensboro, Greensboro? Yeah. He was also three of 13. That's, that's what we're talking about. Maybe he's taking a few too many shots, but you know, there's a guy that defends like a demon. Maybe he ought to be, Devonte Demon Davis instead of Devo. <laughs> Devo, yeah, yeah, like Devonte Devo Demon Davis or something. I don't know. That might be hard to say, but yeah, he, he for a six four guy, he really rebounds well. And that particular game, they're having just on the run because Trev went down the first half, and so I think they the coaches felt comfortable playing Devo because he was an older guy. And then maybe when they had you know a few practices to figure things out, that they have some other options. But they clearly felt comfortable. I mean, that that's a game Jordan played seven minutes, I think. And Devo played like third, you know, almost the whole game. And he played a bunch of the power forward Eric talked about after the game. But then I think with time to get ready for OU, you know, they made Jordan, you know, I think Jordan also was very motivated for that OU game. Cause I know, I know, I think, I think he didn't, you know, he, he didn't feel like he played real well the last game, but um, yeah, but Devo is just such a veteran guy and he understands Eric, Eric understands him. Um, 
So I, I just think he's an important piece. As, yeah, with, with the rebound, I guess that's the point I wanted to make. Yeah, for sure. I remember after the Greensboro game, you know, we're sitting waiting on guys to come in and somebody makes the joke that Devo actually had a triple double because he had, he was double figures and points and rebounds and missed shots. And like that, I think Arkansas wants to weed out those types of nights where he's taken enough shots to miss 10 and he should, you know, maybe get his offense more in, in the flow of things like his defense can create offense. And maybe that's where some of his field goal attempts can come from. And then there's so many guys on this team that can create offense off the bounce that I, I I think I wrote back in the summer that I think we could see an uptick in Devo's mid-range attempts again. And I think that's a that's a sweet spot for him. And go back to his defense for a second. Something I think was really, really underrated that maybe we didn't maybe get into enough, or I, I definitely should have written about it last Saturday, is you know, Grant Sherfield had eleven points at halftime. And with 206 or two about 210 left in the game, he had 13. And he ended up with 23, but he got he got 10 of those points in garbage time. And I think Devo was a really, really, really big part of of Arkansas kind of slowing Grant Sherfield down. He was he came into the game lighting it up from three. Like he was, I think, 55%, averaging close to 18 or 19 points. So he got his average, but you know, it took took garbage time to get there. Um, as much as it might give some people, you know, post-traumatic Arkansas basketball syndrome, kind of want to revisit Arkansas's game against Hofstra last year in North Little Rock. They lost um, pretty pretty stunningly, I think. Second loss in as many Saturdays for Arkansas. Remember, they, they had another week off last year after the Oklahoma game that they got blown out in, traveled down to North Little Rock, kind of get smacked around a little bit. And it was, I, I don't know if it was rock bottom, but I remember sitting in the post-game press conference trying to figure out what I'm going to ask Eric. Like, you got to phrase your question right if you're wanting to get the answer you're looking for uh, or maybe get some something pretty insightful instead of getting, you know, maybe talked down to a little bit. But it was like, what are the priorities? What needs to get fixed? What's at the top of your mind about, you know, what what needs to change to, to get this thing back on track? And he rattled off like five or six things in a row. Um, <laughs> What what can Arkansas do to avoid a repeat of that? I, I, I'm kind of of the belief that Arkansas's roster, from top to bottom, everybody on the roster can contribute in you know for, for at least a stretch, um, especially when you're talking about some of the reserves and bench pieces. Um, so I think it's a it's it's a team that can play maybe a C game and still find a way to win just because they're super talented. But but what I guess what are the keys to avoiding a repeat of last year? Yeah, I think they just probably need to get out to a good start. Um, it's going to be their first game in a week. I think it's going to be Bradley's first game in like 10 or 11 days. So they, they've been off quite a bit too. But they, they're a solid team. They're 7-3. and three. They've had some injuries. They've got some guys coming back. And I think if you're Arkansas, you, know, you got to remember, um, you know, this is Arkansas's one and only game in North Little Rock. It's Bradley's one and only game. And Devo, I think, is the only Razorback who's played in that arena, a game in that arena, you know. And we talked to Nick Smith, and he said he'd been to some games there. And I think, Scotty, you asked him which ones, and he wouldn't specifically talk about how they lost. We're thinking, well, that could be any number of games because they lost a bunch of games in there of late. It's Eric funny, won. me and Nick have that in common. I went and watched Arkansas's loss to App State uh, when I was like maybe 10 or 11, 12 years old, something like that. So, yeah, it hasn't been hasn't been a great – don't have a great track record down there. Yeah, but, but they've lost to some really great teams, like some really good Illinois teams that Bill Self had, Eddie Sutton and – 
really good Oklahoma State team, you know, good Baylor team. But it's funny as they beat Baylor down in Dallas, and the next year they played them in North Little Rock and got, got just blown out. Now, you know, some different team players, but still. And they went to, to Dallas and beat Texas Tech. Then they lost to Texas Tech in North Little Rock. So that's kind of – and then they've lost some games like Hoss, in Hofstra. I can't remember the guy's name. They didn't have their best player last year. He was hurt, and they had travel issues. They were flying commercial and got stuck because of weather or something. They didn't get into uh, Little Rock until – because they flew into Little Rock Airport. They, you know, they played North Rock. They, 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 did, they didn't get in uh, to Central Arkansas, I'll just say that until like game day, like at noon or something. And they were playing that night. So not ideal, but they went out there and just sort of didn't worry about it. Speedy Claxton, who actually played for Eric in the NBA with the Warriors. Um, but yeah, I think Arkansas, they need to go off to a good start, kind of let Bradley know, hey, you're not coming in here and, and beating us like so many of these other teams have. Because I'm sure Bradley, if I was their coach's staff, I'd make them aware, hey, these guys um, have not had a good history down here, even though, uh, like I say, Devo's the only one that played in that loss last year. But, um, yeah, I think that, that's important. Get get the offense going. You know, it's going to be a sellout crowd. It's not on TV, as we know. It's not streaming. So, you know, get, get, get the crowd into the game with your defense, turn them over, get some easy baskets, and, you know, build some confidence. And, you know, just, it, just I think it's important to get off to a good start and not, not give Bradley any thoughts about pulling an upset. Yeah, I think – the difference in last year's team and this year's team is probably <clears throat> the quality of depth. And I think that you mean, you mentioned that this team can maybe play a C a C plus game or a C game and get away with it. And I think it's because they have so many guys that are able to pick up slack on any given Absolutely, night. Yeah. And I think maybe last year they were pretty, uh, they relied pretty heavily on JD Note and Jalen Williams, kind of a dynamic duo. And when they struggled, they didn't really have the pieces to, to kind of make up for that. But I think this team has just, I mean, anybody, you can go from anyone that plays in the starting five to about, four four deep off the bench that can just come in and give you the boost that you need absolutely well say if you remember last year's game uh jd note had a really rough game against oklahoma a lot of guys did otherwise they wouldn't lost by 22 but jd did not start that game in north little rock and he ended up having a pretty good game off the bench i think kk started if if i'm remembering right yeah, KK started and he had a couple of assists, but he also missed a couple threes that Eric, I'm guessing, didn't want him to take. And he took him out of the lineup pretty quick. And then he didn't get back in until the end when basically the game was over. Chris Likes had a pretty good game. I remember he talked to us after the game, was, well, I thought it was pretty insightful. But, you know, they were still trying to figure things out at that point. You know, Stanley Mude was not playing a lot. Trey Wade was not really a factor. Um, you know, JD was struggling with his shot. You know, he was taking, honestly, probably taking too many threes, although we know he was never hesitant. That's part of what made him a really great player, too, is he was fearless shooting the ball. Didn't worry about missing, I don't think. But but that team was trying to figure some things out, a lot of things out. And um, but like I say, by, by, when they were ready to start making their run in January, you know, Trey Wade was starting, and, and he was kind of a glue guy and a defensive, uh, you know, stopper. Uh, and uh, Stanley was, was you know, had figured out his role. He, he was obviously a scorer, but they were looking for more rebound, and he accepted that. And he was playing, you know, defense, and and uh, Jalen was was doing more things. So, yeah, that, that game in, in North Little Rock, you know, I just kept thinking, well, they're not going to lose this game. They'd come back. And, and of course, uh, um, the, the, the player that was here um, – he had the big game, 18 points and 14 boards, you remember? Uh, yeah, baby. 
Bebe, yes. I'm trying to remember his name, sorry. And I, I don't think he had any other game even close to that before or after that game. So I don't know if he was a super fired up, but he had come here from Stetson with Corey Williams, and but he, he had injured his knee and then didn't really get to play. And he went, you know, I think he saw the writing on the wall, so he transferred to, to uh, Austria. I'm sure Eric, you know, knowing Speedy Claxton, helped him do that. And, hey, good for the kid. He had a nice season for him. He had a, just an incredible game against Arkansas. Yeah, uh, Andrew. Real quick, just what what are your thoughts been on on Nick's play through four games? I think he's been as good as advertised. I think he came in uh, with a little bit of a question mark after sitting out with the knee injury, and he kind of had some doubt creep in or whatever. But you could clearly see through the four games that he's played that he's he's built to be a number one scorer and kind of that alpha dog of a team, and he has definitely assumed that role fairly quickly. For sure, I really, I really like the fire that he plays with. The emotion kind of tells you that he's, you know, he's he's obviously got a big time NBA future ahead of him, you know, so long as he stays healthy. But I think those those kind of shows of emotion kind of tell me that he's he's firmly in the moment here, and be really impressed with his off ball movement. Like we know he's really super dynamic with the ball in his hands, but if he can be a handful to guard when he doesn't have the ball, that kid's gonna like it. Wouldn't surprise me if he's 18, 19, 20 points a game. You know, from here on out, the scores are going to find a way to score no matter what. Arkansas and Bradley at 3 p.m. on Saturday in Simmons Bank Arena in North Little Rock. Again, there is no TV for the game. Radio only. You can go to Whole Hog Sports. Bob talked to Hunter Yurichek about uh, the game not being televised in North Little Rock, but you can um, you can follow along probably on the stat broadcast feed that comes through in real time. Um, we're also going to have, you know, we'll have coverage of the game before, during, um, and after and be sure to come to whole hog sports for coverage of arkansas's football team getting ramped up for the liberty bowl on-field workouts are getting underway so for bob holt and andrew joseph i'm scotty borderline thank y'all for listening have a great weekend and travel safe the proceeding has been a production of wholehogsports.com look for our latest podcasts on apple spotify or your favorite podcast store and visit us anytime at wholehogsports.com for the latest news and commentary